You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Monday, April 25th. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. We are in draft week, finally, after months of of talk, months of arguing, months of uh, trying to figure out what players players we like and and build our cases for for all of that stuff. And in a million mock drafts, I know I've published mock drafts every Sunday for the last two months. And, and uh, thankfully uh, I'm done with that for this year. We'll find out uh, what the giants will really do beginning Thursday night. And uh, here to help me, you know, preview uh, the, uh, the draft and, and talk a little giants is uh, Patricia Trina of giants country and locked on giants. Patty, as always, uh, thank you for uh, hopping on the show. Oh, anytime, Ed been a while. Well, you know, Patty, we're neither one of us is neither one of us is busy. So, yeah, yeah. We, we really got to find more time here and there for for these podcasts. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we will do that, Patty. Let's uh, let's get into talking about the Giants a little bit, and and before we before we talk draft, we we have to talk about Kadarius Tony, um, and and I just want to start with with this you know i have said on big blue view that 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 i find no reason to to think that uh that these reports are bogus that that the giants would consider moving on from Kadarius tony just you know what are your thoughts on Kadarius tony what are your thoughts on the situation what are your thoughts on on whether this this kid has a future with the Giants. Well, I think you can sum it up in one word, Ed, unfortunate. I mean, look, there's only so many of these opportunities available. And most guys, you know, if they get the opportunity, they embrace it and they throw themselves fully into it. Now, I want to say up front, I don't know why Kadarius Tony isn't here in the, the off-season workout program. Maybe he has a legitimate excuse that I don't know. I mean, just listening to, you know, the tone and, and the body language and whatnot from Shane, Joe Shane and Brian Dable and some of the teammates, I don't know that that might be the case because they, everybody sounded sort of perplexed as to why he's not here. It is voluntary, but look, you know, it's a new system. It's new personnel. The optics are really, really bad. If you're sitting there and saying, well, I don't need to come in because I'm going to come into training camp in shape and I'll worry about learning the playbook later. 
I'm sorry. That's that's bad optics, especially for a young player when you've got, you know, your veteran teammates feeling that this is important enough to be there. So I don't like the look of the optics based on what evidence has been put out there. Now, that being said, will Kadarius Tony be here on the roster? I think they'll probably have to keep him because I don't know that there's going to be a big demand for him. Because, look, if the Giants are looking to get rid of him because they don't like his attitude, because they think he's not a professional, whatever the reason might be, what makes you think that another team is going to want to take on what they might perceive to be a headache of the Giants? I don't think that's going to happen unless they are so in love with the talent that they say, you know what, we don't care that he's not mature. We're, we're just going to take a chance on him. So, you know, it, it's unfortunate. Um, I'd like to give the kid the benefit of the doubt and say that, you know, he's got something going on, but he sure has had a lot of missed opportunity with injuries with you know other stuff that have popped up some of which is in his fault but it's time to kind of you know put up or shut up at this point you know you're coming off of a four-win season and you were a part of that four-win season last year so everybody has to come in and do their part voluntary or not show that you know be there for your teammates build up that camaraderie show your new coaching staff and your new GM yes I give a damn and just, you know, be the best you can be. And, and anything else, any other reason why he might not be there, barring, you know, a life-changing event, an illness or something like that, I'm sorry. It, it, it's just inexcusable. I think that's the problem that I have, Patty, is that I just don't feel like, you know, he didn't do anything last year. He had an uninspiring rookie season. And I just feel like, like he hasn't, Yes, it's voluntary, and we understand that. But when his teammates are there, when guys who have done more in the league and have earned more of a right to set their own schedules and, and, and things of that nature, when they're you know putting themselves out and, and attending these sessions, it makes Kadarius Tony look bad. I'm just, I guess, the way I want to say it is, I don't feel like he's earned the right to make that decision. No, I don't think he has either. I mean, look, Leonard Williams stood there at the podium and said, well, you know, I almost didn't show up, but I came in. Leonard Williams, had he not shown up, I don't know that anybody would have had a major, major problem with it because he's done some stuff in the league, you know. Uh, Kenny Galladay, if he had decided not to show up, you could, you know, you can, you might make an argument that, okay, he should be there because he didn't do much last year with the Giants, but He's kind of established himself as in the league and that he got that big contract from the Giants. But Kadarius Toney, you know, look, the guy has all the talent in the world, but the immaturity is right now the biggest issue with him. Knowing, you know, his teammates don't know if they can count on him. When I hear Kenny Galladay say, oh, me and Shep are going to work to bring him up to speed, I'm sitting there saying, dude, worry about yourselves and getting up to speed before you worry about somebody else. When are you going to have time to bring him up to speed, you know? So to me, that's just, it's not fair to them for, for you know, Tony to say, oh, you know, I'm going to walk in and Shep will catch me up or, or, you know, Kenny will catch me up or this guy will catch me up when those guys have to get caught up and, and situated in the offense themselves. Right. It's about more than just showing up on game day, Patty. And I, and I hope, 
you know, for his sake that, that he learns it. I mean, he's an immense talent and you would love to see him use that talent in New York. Anyway, Patty, let's, let's talk about the draft. And what I want to ask you first is giants are sitting at five and seven. What's your ideal scenario for the giants with those two picks? Offensive tackle and probably defensive back. I would take any of the big three at offensive tackle, Iquanu, Neal, or Cross. You know, fix that offensive line. I know some people are like, well, what if you wait till seven? No, don't mess around. Fix the line once and for all. I'm tired of complaining about this line. I'm tired of hearing, oh, my God, the line sucks. You know, fix it. All right. And then at uh, number seven, if you don't have an offer to trade down, get a solid defensive back because, you know, look, Wink Martindale, we haven't spoken with him yet, but the Giants posted an interview they did with him, and he seemed to talk really, you know, to emphasize the type of um, players he's looking for, especially in the back end. And you look at, you know, at safety, you have Brian Lewerke, the backup quarterback, playing a safety because you don't have enough safeties to go around for the different you know, levels, cornerback, you know, are you going to have James Bradbury? If not, you're going to have a hole there. You need the back end of the defense shored up. You know, the front end, yes, it would be great if they could come up with a pass rusher, you know, a Batman type of pass rusher. But right now, Ed, I would say I would lean more towards a solid defensive back at seven if given my druthers. Well, I think, Patty, you and I agree on on that because i think that if you look at wink martindale's history he said it in the interview with giants.com there's there's some history of him saying similar things while he was defensive coordinator in baltimore that he wants as many good cornerbacks as he can as he can collect and he can figure out how to impact the passer the passer you know, he can figure that out with scheme. I just think I would be surprised if the Giants address pass rusher before they address cornerback. Yeah, I think I would be too. I mean, again, you know, if, if Thibodeau somehow falls down to them, which I don't think they will, he will rather, if Hutchinson falls down to them, I, I'd be stunned. I mean, I'd, I'd be like, wow, what do you do there? But you have to see if, if the, you know, to me, I think cornerback, you know, defensive back, probably just a little bit more of a pressing need. I'm not saying that an edge rusher is not a need, but it's also a deep edge rushing class where if they don't get one in the first round, I think they can get one maybe on day two some point. So you mentioned the idea of trading down patty and we keep reading the reports that i you know i think daniel jeremiah said he'd he'd be shocked if joe shane isn't trying to get out of one of those two picks in the top 10 i think peter king said the same thing so we keep reading it from people who should have the inside track to that kind of information if it's you do you try to get out of one of those two picks? And and really, if you're trying to get out of one of those two picks, what are you looking for in return? I mean, I 
my view is that the the holy grail of getting out of one of those two picks is to get a first round pick in 2023. I don't know if it's possible, but but is that what you would be trying to get, you know, if you did move out of one of those spots? You know, I think I asked that of Joe Shane in his presser, and he said something about, you know, competing for today. You wanted to try to compete for today while also planning for tomorrow. Words to that effect. What I'd like to see the Giants do is trade down, if, if possible, trade out of, let's say, number seven to the bottom of the first round. Pick up a couple of extra picks within the top 50, top 75 of this year's draft. Then maybe trade back into the first round so that you have three first round picks. And the reason why I say this is because now you're going to lock up three potential starters for five years because you'll have that fifth year option. So it becomes cost effective to do it that way. Now, I know in the short term, people are like, well, how are you going to pay them with, with you know, the cap situation being what it is? Well, if you have to give up, you know, maybe an extra, I don't know, an extra third round pick or some of your day three picks, then then so be it. That's how you can kind of make up the difference, if you will, with the with the uh, the cap. So, you know, I was like you. I, I There was a time where I said, look, unless I'm getting a, uh, an extra first round pick in 2023, I don't want to hear about trades. I I just don't know that they, they're going to be able to pull it off. I hope they can. But I don't know that they're going to be able to. I don't know if, if maybe that's what Shane wants for this year. I think he's focused on this year as opposed more so than the next year. Yeah, it's interesting, Patty. I did one of the, the mock drafts that I do each week. I don't try I try not to do the same mock every week. As we go through them, I try to paint different scenarios. So I will I'll accept different trades. I'll do things differently each week. And one of the one of the trade scenarios that I did a couple of weeks ago was moving down and taking 16 and 19 from the New Orleans Saints. And one of the really interesting things about that, and it sort of dovetails into your talking about moving back, maybe even farther than that in, in the first round, is 16 and 19 combined costs less in the rookie salary cap than actually than actually drafting seven or I, I think or than drafting five. I forget which which trade I took, but but you would actually get a cap savings by moving down and, and taking two picks in the back half of the round instead of making picks in the top ten. And and I know Joe said the other day that that he won't move down just to save cap money. But but it is a benefit. You get as you said, you wind up with three first round picks, three guys with fifth year options, and you save some cap money. So, so it's, uh, it's not a bad theory. No. And, and, you know, it's worth exploring. Now at the same time, Joe also said he's not going to move down at the risk of losing out on a guy that maybe they have their eye on, which I get, but you know, I think it's certainly a scenario you have to consider trading down or you know or, or trading back into the, the bottom of the first round to get that cap savings because that will pay off for you down the line all right patty we talked about offensive tackles a little bit if i had to pin you down 
which one of those three offensive tackles at the top of the draft would be your ideal guy for the Giants out of out of Cross, Neal, and Aquanu? I think I would want Aquanu. I don't know if they're if he's going to fall to them. Um, if he doesn't, you know, I've gone back and forth between Cross and Neal. What I like about Neal is his position versatility. You know, you can plug him in a tackle, you can play him at guard. Um, gives you flexibility. But Cross is a pass blocker. Ooh, that guy is a beast. He is an absolute beast. But then you have the question of, do you move him to left tackle and do you swing Andrew Thomas over to the right side? Which I really don't want to see but I could see a scenario where that would happen. So I'm going to go with Iquano if, if, if given my druthers of the big three. I think I would agree with you, Patty, just because I think I would really like to see a Giants offensive lineman driving other NFC East defensive linemen into the dirt once in a while. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, Patty. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's big time rumor season and I'm curious to ask you about two or three of the guys who seem to be involved in a lot of those rumors. All of a sudden, the last week or so, we keep hearing Derek Stingley's name connected to the Giants. Probably in a scenario where, where Sauce Gardner is off the board already. For me, Derek Stingley has been a guy that I don't want to touch. I'm I'm just curious, you know, about your thoughts on on Stingley. Well, you know, it's interesting. There was a time that I might have agreed with you on that, but uh, over on Giants Country, Coach Gene Clemens, who's one of my football analysts over there, said, "No, you want to go with Stingley. Stingley's the better fit. Stingley has actually been more productive in the opportunities." So my, you know, naturally my thing was. Well, what about the injuries? What about the fact that he hasn't been as solid since his, I think, his freshman year? And, you know, I guess you can make the case that the last, you know, the injuries definitely factored in, that maybe some of the teams he was on since that freshman year weren't as strong. But he says as far as, you know, the match, he feels that Stingley would be a better fit for the Giants than Sauce Gardner. Um, now... Do I agree with that? I I tend to lean more towards sauce uh, myself. But uh, look, Coach Gene, he's a talent evaluator. He is a legitimate football coach. If you want to see the article posts on Giants Country. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I, I would take, he, I would be happy with either one of them. If, if Stingley's injury issue, is his, if his medicals check out, I think I would take either one of them. But, uh, but yeah, if it was up to me, if I had to choose one, I think I would go with sauce. Yeah. It's interesting, Patty, because you, you see the top 10 talent. What, what, what scares me is that you haven't seen it since 2019. And to be honest with you, I was at the combine. I was in Derek Stingley's, you know, media availability and he was thoroughly unimpressive three word answers i've never at the combine until the derek stingley interview seen an interview with a top tier prospect end before it's allotted time 
because his answers were so short that people just got tired of asking him questions. So he got up and left the podium and, and, you know, obviously NFL teams are going to have a whole lot more information, a whole lot more availability, a whole lot more access to him, you know, than we could ever hope to have. But my personal impression of Stingley wasn't great. And I keep coming back to the fact that it's a little bit, maybe like we talk about with Kadarius Tony and, and, and other players, NFL teams miss more often on the person than they do on the player, on the talent. And, and, and I think that's what worries me a little bit about Stingley is just what are you going to get? Yeah. But you know what, Ed, I mean, I wouldn't base anything on how he interviewed with the media. I mean, Mark right. Navarro. Right. I'm trying not to player, do that. He was, he, when it came to interviewing, right. he was a man of very yeah. few words. So I wouldn't right. base it necessarily on that. I know what you're, what you're trying to right. get at, but um, look, if the kid can play and the film suggests that he can play, mm-hmm. his medicals check out. I, I, I have no problem with him being, you know, amongst the top 10 you know, being having his name in the top 10. I think he deserves it. He worked for it. And I don't want to take it away from him just because he might not interview well. Yeah, I, I hear you, Patty. It just, he, he makes me more nervous than, than Gardner does. That's, the unknown factor, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Sauce is very he strong. makes me more nervous than Gardner. And it's not just that Sauce is talkative. It's, I, I, I think he's less of a risk. There may, maybe not quite the upside of Stingley, but less of a risk. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Are you expecting anything? You know, this is Joe Shane's first time doing this. You know, obviously he, he was under, you know, Brandon Bean for... Uh, you know, for, for a number of years. What's your read on Joe Shane at this point? Or do you have one in terms of, you know, we're talking about a risky player like Derek Stingley. Do you, do you have a read on how much risk you think he'll be willing to accept? Or do you think he'll, he'll, you know, go the safe route and just try to, you know, try to make some progress here in year one? I think he'll probably want to, A, consult with the coaching staff because, you know, he did make the comment that there's going to be some players where they're going to have to close the door and get into a knockdown drag out or something. Yeah, I thought that was that was that was an interesting way. I asked him if he had if he had uh, 
if he had come up with his seven players for seven spots yet, which right. is something he talked at the combine and he said, yeah, he said, we're going to have to get in a room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I mean, look, I, I think you've got to balance it. You can't be, you can't draft scared. You're, uh, the draft is a risk. I think, you know, even the, the players that you can maybe make a case for being safe players, they come with a risk too. So, you know, you just have to rely on your board. You have to rely on the research you've done. Now, what I like about what the Giants have done, and I, I, I don't know about you, Ed, but I've gotten this question a lot from people. They've said, aren't you concerned because Shane is listening to the same scouts that basically help the Giants, you know, sink the Giants battleship, so to speak. And I'm like, no, I'm not concerned. And the reason why I'm not concerned is because I know that Shane came in here, he had done work on the first four rounds that Brandon Brown, the assistant general manager, had done some work on some guys that we probably don't even know about. So there's no way that, you know, a scout is going to tell Shane, oh, this guy's a great pick, and then we find out that it's not because Shane has done his own work. And I feel some comfort in knowing that he has put in the time and he's not going to be bamboozled to take a, a player that maybe a scout likes for whatever the reason, you know, without, you know, which, which Shane having, what, what I call the John Markham effect. I don't know. Do you remember the John Markham story, Ed? The, the kicker? No, I don't. No. Just real quick. Um, years ago, the Giants drafted a kicker named John Markham. And he was a guy, I believe, Ernie Acorsi had never, didn't know anything about. He relied on the scouts. And Markham never made the roster. He was, he was a disaster. So I don't think we'll have any of those situations where, you know, a name is proposed or put on the board and Shane hasn't done some kind of work on him or Brandon Brown hasn't done some kind of work on him. You know, the, the draft is a consensus. A lot of people say, well, it's going to be Brian Dable's pick or it's going to be Shane's pick or it's going to be Don Martindale's pick. It's a consensus. And, you know, everybody's going to have a say. Everybody's going to have input. At the end of the day, Shane makes the final decision, yes, but, you know, everybody better have a good reason to justify what, you know, why they want a certain guy. And I think, I think knowing that kind of puts me at, at ease. And, I, and that's how it's always been with the Giants, but knowing that Shane and Brandon Brown have both done work and cross-reference stuff, you know, whereas with Dave Gettleman and, and uh, Kevin Abrams, you know, Kevin Abrams did some scouting, but... I would say in terms of scouting, I'd put Brandon Brown's experience over that of Kevin Abrams in that department, even though Abrams started to learn that area, you know? So that's why I feel better about where the Giants might go with this draft. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, Shane said way back in uh, in January, you know, when when he was first hired, he said part of this process for him is scouting the, scouting the scouts, mm -hmm. learning you know, the guys that he's working with and he's been very complimentary toward everyone in the organization to this point, but you have to believe that after the draft, when it's a downtime, you know, for the scouting department, you know, for, for a period of time until they start working on the really working in earnest on the next, you know, draft cycle, you have to believe that there are going to be some changes in that scouting department. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd be stunned if there weren't. 
Yeah, it's just, I think you're right. I think, you know, Joe coming in with, with a head start on the, on the class, Brandon Brown coming in with a head start on the class, it will be very interesting to see how it all plays out. But I always think that it helps. I, to be honest with you, I thought it helped Jerry Reese in the early parts sure. of his tenure as a GM that he had very recently been on the road as a scout, that he had that he had seen a lot of these guys in person, that he knew a lot of these players, you know, from, from having seen them with his own eyes. And I think that Joe Shane is is still in that time period. So he can he really doesn't have to rely on on what everyone else thinks. Absolutely. And if you remember when Jerry Reese was named GM, that was in 2007, he was serving also as running, he also was running the draft because he hadn't named a replacement at that point. And that was one of the best draft classes he, he came up with in, during his tenure because he had done the work on it. So he knew who to, you know, who, how to rank the board. And I think it's going to be the same thing with Joe Shane. And Shane's got that, that background, that scouting background. So I, I'd like to think that that's going to be something going forward he's going to continue to do. He's not just going to sit there and, you know, twiddle his thumbs, put his feet up on a desk and smoke smoke a cigar, you know. Um, and I really <laughs> I like... wasn't sure where you were going with that one, Patty. <laughs> oh, Edward, come on. <laughs> Oh, you are too much. <laughs> Brandon Brown's another one. Brandon Brown, you know, he spoke about you have to look everywhere for talent. It could be up in Alaska. It could be out in Timbuktu, wherever. And, you know, it, it, just that commitment to, to scour every corner of the earth to find talent, that, that has me excited because you never know where you're going to find your next great superstar. Like uh, maybe in Nigeria? Possibly. I mean, listen, if they're good enough for OC Manure, it's good enough for me. OC knows knows his stuff. Yes. What? How do you pronounce that that young man's name? Is it Roy Mubateka? I'm not sure. I don't. Want I to don't even. <laughs> I'll have to yeah. ask OC how to do it. I'll, 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 yeah. If I remember, I'll ask OC how it's pronounced. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have. We'll have to find out someday before he actually gets in a game. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that's an exciting addition. I mean, obviously, I don't think the Giants would just sign him just as a favor to OC or anybody, you know. They must see talent in him and, you mm -hmm. know, the size is there. And if the kid's willing to work at it, why not give him a chance? You never know. You know, you, you don't find six foot eight or six foot nine, 320 pound athletic people every single day. So the you know, give, give the George kid a chance. Yep. Remember George Young? He always used to say there's only so many big men that can move on the planet. He called it the planet theory, the dancing mm -hmm. elephants, remember? I know I'm dating myself here, but <laughs> Patty, last true. thing yeah, last thing for you today. Um we've seen what, maybe two and a half, three months now of, of Joe Shane you know and Brian Dable um of the new Giants regime. We're we're just days away from you know, from a very important draft for the Giants, we've seen one mini camp, voluntary mini camp practice. We don't yet know what the roster is going to look like, really what the playbook's going to look like. I'm just curious if you have any any overall thoughts on on the start that this new regime is off to. Well, right now it's the honeymoon phase, Ed. I mean, right now everything's hunky-dory for the most part. 
Um, it was like that with Joe Judge. It was like that with Pat Shermer. It was like that with Ben McAdoo. So it's early. But you could see little subtle differences, I think, in Brian Dable that maybe weren't there with Joe Judge. I mean, I like Joe Judge. I want to make that clear. But you could tell he was kind of wound up a little tightly and very regimented. Whereas Dable is more of a go-with-the-flow type of guy. More of a laid-back type of guy. There's still... You know, he knows when it's time to, to buckle down and get to work, but he's not wound up as Joe was. I mean, Joe would come to the podium, and it reminded me of, of the boilerplates that you hear at the end of car commercials, the way he would talk so fast and sounded so rehearsed, whereas Dable doesn't come across that way. He's kind of like, you know, this rose with the flow. And I, yeah, I don't know, think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna hear Brian Dable suddenly morph into a Southern accent. Well, Joe came from the <laughs> South, so I mean, and I, but anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, again, Dable just kind of rolls with the flow, and and uh, Xavier McKinney in an interview with the Post said, you know, the, he he commented about the communication being a little bit more relaxed. And Ed, I, I don't know if you, I don't think you were standing next to me at the at Kenny Galladay's presser. But I made the observation to somebody, I said, boy, look at Kenny's body language. He was more relaxed. He wasn't as uptight. He seemed more willing to, you know, say what was on his mind within reason. Whereas last year, there were a bunch of guys that were like, you know, stiff and almost paralyzed with fear. And uh, it oh. just, the, the more the losing piled up, the more tense and the more it seemed like they were walking on eggshells and for a team that has a lot of pressure to turn this around, you don't get that sense right now that they're walking on eggshells, that they're just kind of, okay, we'll take it one day at a time, we'll, we'll deal with any setbacks that pop up, but we're also aimed to make progress. The thing that I like, Patty, more than anything else, and, and you make a lot of valid points about Daybowl and, and, and a little bit more relaxed atmosphere. I mean, I can remember guys you'd ask them a question, especially about how healthy they were or injuries or whatever. And the response was, we're not allowed to talk about that. Well, most coaches don't allow that. I mean, that right. doesn't surprise me, but, right. but, but when they were asked that they were like, it was like you asked them for their social security number or something. Cause right. they would freeze up like, <gasps> right. But the, the thing that, the thing that, that I like right now is that I think we've seen over the last few years, we haven't seen a recognition that that this is a rebuild, that the Giants need a rebuild. And Joe Shane will not use that word. He keeps saying, I don't want to get my head beat in and as good as we can in 2022. But if you look at the way that he's operating, he is trying to fix this for the long term. He is not trying necessarily to fix this and say, we can win the NFC East in 2022 and make a deep playoff run if I just manage to do A, B, and C. Right. He, he is looking at this for the first time in a long time, you know, as far as, you know, I can think back with, with the Giants. And it goes back to, you know, Gettleman's era, Re Jerry Reese's era. It's the first time in a long time where I feel like like there's recognition that this can't be fixed you know, right now by doing just this. Yeah. I mean, look, the, t the team didn't deteriorate overnight. It took several years. It's going to take some time to fix it. 
The Giants have had plenty of false starts in fixing this, including 2018, as evident by the fact that you only have, what, one draft pick, Saquon Barkley, left from that class? So basically, the, it continued from the, from the tail end of the Reese era. So it's going to take time. I don't think the Giants this year are going to be a playoff team. Do I think they can potentially be a playoff team next year in 2023? I would not rule that out. I mean, I'd be surprised. I'd be happy if they were a playoff team this year. I'm not counting on it, but I do think, fingers crossed, if everything works out and everybody stays healthy, I could see this team winning a lot more games than they won last year. And I would be happy with a nine and eight record or or, or a uh, eight and nine record, you know, something like that, just to show progress and then just build on that. All right, Patty, we shall see what happens. I mean, the long view is to talk about September and and playoffs and all of that. But you know, we've got the draft coming up in a few days and uh, just uh, let folks know what you've got going on at Lockdown, what you've got going on at uh, Giants Country the rest of the week, you know, just in case they they happen to get tired of listening to my voice or or reading my words. I mean, I, I have no idea why that would ever be the case, but but just in case. You know, I could include a smart Alec remark here, but I won't. Of, of, of course you could, because because I kind of I kind of I kind of teed it up for you too. Yeah, but you did, but I'm not going to take the bait. Um, <laughs> Locked on Giants. We're going to have on Wednesday. We're going to have a live show starting at eight o'clock. Um, those of you not familiar with the end, the gentleman who calls himself the Entertainer, who's really good. He's a big sports fan. Very colorful personality. I absolutely love podcasting with him. Done a few shows with him. We're going to do a live Q&A. Uh, we'll talk draft. We'll, we'll get you caught up on all the latest rumors and whatnot. So that's coming up on Locked On. Um, over on Giants Country, we are wrapping up our player profiles. We've had uh, Nick Filato doing those. And he's done about, I want to say, a give or take 100 or so. We have our uh, position preview series. Um, and we're just following along and just bringing you any last minute uh, notes, rumors, or what have you as we gear up for the draft. And of course, draft weekend, we will have wall-to-wall -wall coverage with videos, interviews, you name it. We're going to have it grades, the whole nine yards. So hopefully, uh, check us out. I mean, in addition to viewing ed stuff check us out too we i think we're doing pretty good work over there we've got a bunch of we've got a good team this year so you're, you're not taking the weekend off patty no i, I my, <laughs> golf my golf game is in it is non-existent so unlike you i don't have to be out on the links <laughs> oh i won't be i won't be golfing next weekend i can guarantee you that much all You'll right sneak away who are you kidding no not during the weekend i won't us before <laughs> thursday definitely but uh yeah but, hey listen you gotta you know, these last few days, get some rest, you know, because it's going to be a go. long, long weekend. It always is. It's a lot. And we're back in the building, I think, this year, too. You know, after two years being at home, Amazing. which I'm going to kind of miss, to be honest with you, because that was nice kind of working from home. But we're going to be back in the building. Um, another sign towards things getting back to normal. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about that because it's been a while. All right, Giants fans, uh, thank you very, very much for, for listening. Patty, thank you very, very much for uh, spending some time with me today. Giants fans, please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, 
Join the community at Big Blue View if you haven't done that already. Thank you very, very much for listening. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.